Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic. Jeff Kowal in Studio Live. I'm Paul Cronforst. We're here every Saturday, 10 o'clock on WISN. We're also on in Madison, WIBA Radio. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you here. We hear your staff, uh, you sometimes, mostly your staff, do the market updates. That's right. Monday through Friday. Three o'clock and five o'clock news blocks of Mark Mark Belling's show on WISN and four fifty five and Vicky McKenna's show on WIBA in Madison. We give you one minute on what's going on in the market that day. Is it the signing of big controversial uh, two trillion or six trillion dollar budget bills, or is it uh, corporate earnings, or what's driving the market up or down that particular day? Uh, we also uh, try to give you some, some context on how it applies to your life. And we wrap it up in one minute with the Dow, the S&P 500, and tech-heavy NASDAQ every day, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN in Milwaukee, and 4.55 on WIBA with uh, Vicki McKenna and Madison. A programming note, I should mention, we don't have a guest today. Last week, Jeff had a really good show. We had a guest in studio, and we talked at length about Medicare and annual enrollment. It is open enrollment for many of you, myself included. There's a, one more week left here at uh, iHeart for our benefits. Uh, but this week, with no guest, Jeff... It's open. So if you've got questions about retirement, any questions about you and your retirement, let's get these phone lines open and lit up. You can call in right now. Jeff can answer those questions. Maybe it's about your own retirement, your spouse. Do you have enough? Did you do the math? We take questions on 401k plan, social security, estate planning. You love the Roth. I know you love the Roth. I do. I think it's an important planning tool. You're paying taxes up front. It's different than the 401k plan. You do conversions. People call in with those types of questions. In general, do you have enough money for retirement? Are you on the right track? Maybe you're going to retire early. <laughs> There's you... stories all over the Wall Street Journal about that lately. About retiring early and what to do once you do retire early. There is a sense of urgency, though. There are things you must do before the end of the year this year. Um, January 1st is too late, so we're going to talk about a couple of those things today. You don't want to jump into retirement, Jeff, just emotionally going, yeah, I want to retire. I've had it with everything, the COVID and the office is changing, the environment. You make an emotional decision, you might make a mistake. Absolutely. You know, leaving a good paying job. That's it. For most people, they're at the peak of their income at the time they're about to or do retire. So do you walk away from that just because you're upset about well, it could be, I mean, there could be a valid reason because we've had uh, clients and we've told them that it makes sense. You talk about quality of life issues as well. And if it starts to affect your health and your relationships and things like that, you really do have to think about walking away from work. But do put, do put a pencil to it. Go through some planning before you go. And I'm going to go through a couple of those things as well. Well, uh, since I'm used as a guinea pig and picked out on this radio station by other people all no. the time. <laughs> That's my job. That's what I signed up for. I love it. I, I don't mind, Jeff. I'll use me. I'm 50s, going to be 56 soon. Let's just say I would retire right now, right? Okay, fine. I got my days off. I can cut my grass. All of a sudden, a year or two goes by, and I, I realize I made a mistake, and I realize I need that income. Could you imagine calling back, hey, Belling, 
<laughs> I want my job back. I think once you leave well, and retire. probably would have gone through four or five other producers since then. Yeah, <laughs> he may say come back, uh, but they may not want you back. It's My point is, Jeff, it's a huge decision. You don't want to take it lightly. But there are things that you can do also, because you mentioned age 56. So let's say you did retire now. There are some planning things that you have to be aware of. First of all, you can leave your money in your 401k plan and take distributions from them because you did hit age 55. So from 55 to 59 and a half, you could take money out without penalties. So you that's a planning technique. Otherwise, you have to wait till 59 and a half to take money out of your retirement plan. So you have to be very careful with it. There are some planning things that you can do, but you got to be careful with it. Now that it's what, Movember, Spencer noted that... Uh First off, my age, 55, he's, he didn't realize I was that old. So he just called me old, and he noticed oh my, my gray beard. Oh, boy. So maybe it is time <laughs> to think about retirement. I don't think so, Paul. No, I don't think you so. you got either, some Jeff. miles left in you. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. Hey, do you want to take a call right away? Start yeah, sure. the show. Um, we've got the sexy segment coming up. Aaron Kowal joining us for the Boss Minute later in the program. Uh, Jeff's, and I should have covered this right away, your locations, Jeff. World Headquarters in Waukesha, Port Washington, up in Ozaukee County. Beautiful view of Lake Michigan. You're in Racine and you're in Phoenix, Arizona. TheKowalWay.com is your website. We're going to start out with... Uh, Taking some calls. Bill is first here in WISN and WIBA. Bill, welcome to the retirement clinic. Hi, um, I'm retired and I've got about half my money in the stock market and I have the other half in a managed bond portfolio. And I keep on getting very worried about inflation and I've been looking at inflation protected bond funds and they seem to be doing very well and i'm wondering if that's a good thing to look at if you're worried about inflation that's a that's a great question it is a good thing to look at now should you be doing it i think you should at least consider having a portion of your money in the inflation protected bonds for a decade they have not done well we heard in 2008 when we had the um the big bill with uh uh, uh president obama that was going to cause hyperinflation. So people were buying those uh, inflation-protected bonds, and it didn't happen. We didn't have the hyperinflation. Now we actually see evidence of it. I think that it makes some sense. Uh, if you're in a managed portfolio in the bonds, depending on what company you're with, you could be getting some protection there. I know one of the funds that we work with, that we work with a number of them, but one of them is uh, they, have, they keep 30% in cash. So the thought, Bill, is that, if interest rates go up, the value of bonds go down. There's an inverse relationship. But by them keeping about 30% in cash, if bonds go down, they're buying more bonds. So they're taking advantage of the bonds. So having it actively managed in bonds, I think that's a good idea on your part. And maybe adding a little bit of inflation-protected bonds is good. I wouldn't bail on the 50% in stocks, though. I think that's a, a pretty good mix for you. Thank you. Bill, right, Bill, yeah, thank you for the call. Appreciate the uh, question. Before we go to any kind of commercial break, Jeff, you've got a bunch of stuff you want to get accomplished here in the first segment. <laughs> yeah, there is a sense of urgency. Again, things you have to do before the end of the year. And Coal Investment Group is uniquely qualified to help you with this. For 34 years, we've helped people live with their retirement and investment plans. We always put your interests first. Um, uh, the next, we, we are also doing... 
upcoming retirement planning seminars and webinars that we have to pay attention to, especially, again, if there's a sense of urgency that you want to make a decision or you want to have to make changes before the end of the year. Our next webinar is Wednesday, November 10th. The next seminar is Wednesday, November 17th. Uh, Aaron Spitzner is our presenter. They're great feedback from the ones he's done so far. He's a great presenter. Uh, these are our last retirement planning educational events of 2021, so don't wait. This is a great way to get your retirement questions answered and take the next steps with your future retirement goals. Register today at thekowalway.com on our Facebook page or call our office, 262 2640 Webinars, uh, no charge, obviously, right, Jeff? Yeah, seminars, no charge either in person. We're back to in person. It's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, that is outstanding. And again, all of this information at thekowalway.com. Um, even if you're not interested in the webinars or seminars, I, I urge you to. But if you just have questions, reach out at 262 522 4040. Workers are aggressively saving for retirement. Um, they'll now be able to save more money. The agency announced this week that the annual contribution limits for 401ks, this is brand new, Paul, this is hot off the presses, is $20,500 for 2022. That's up from 19500 You still have the, they've kept the um, uh, uh, match the uh, catch-up provision still at six thousand dollars, so you could put twenty-seven thousand dollars a year into your four hundred one k. Man, and if you multiply that, still that's fifty-four thousand that a couple could put away into their four hundred one k's. And who who has the money to do that? A lot of times people do, especially once you hit fifties and you've your kids are out of college maybe you've paid off your mortgage and you do have extra money that is the time to do it correct if i'm a 23 year old listening to the show and i just started my first job fresh out of college or, or whatever the case i'm thinking i can't afford that yep okay then you don't put that much in a lot of people that can't afford it that's a big deal jeff because that the power of compound interest, right? That's right. And Time. a lot of people like the idea, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, Paul, putting it into the Roth. Pay the taxes up front. Most people think that taxes are going to go up and not down. So if you have an opportunity to put it in tax-free now, and I'm, I've met, talked to a client about this earlier this week, that um, you know, if you're in a top tax bracket putting it into a Roth IRA, is that does that make sense? And it does. There was a study done by some attorneys in Pittsburgh about, it's got to be eight or nine years ago now, where they said if you're seven years away or more for me, for using the money, you're always better off with the Roth 401k. Uh, so that's not seven or eight years away from retirement. That's from using the money. And for most people, the Roth funds, the tax-free funds, are going to be the last assets they'll ever use. So uh, the tax bracket shouldn't matter that much, but pay attention to it. Each case is different. Um, the amounts for IRAs has stayed the same at $6,000 with a $1,000 catch-up provision. So that stayed the same. And the taxable wage base for Social Security, the amount of money that they take for you know Social Security, uh, the maximum goes up to $147,000. It was $142,800. Now it goes up to $147,000. That's, that's quite a bit, Jeff, right? That's quite a bit. So you can make up to hundred. So you're paying to Social Security until you hit age until you hit 147,000 of income. After that, you're still com com contributing to Medicare, but you're not contributing to Social Security. So that's that's a pretty high amount that they're still going to be taxing. So, um, and and Carol Richland always talks about that too, that Social Security is not an entitlement. 
that it's something that you've put your money into. So it's not entitlement. So you should not feel guilty about taking it out. You I, I wouldn't feel guilty at all. <laughs> some people are wondering if they should grab it right away as soon as they can. And for some people, that makes sense to take it as, as soon as you can. At 62, sometimes there are income provisions, income limitations that if you're making over about $18,000 a year, then you have to give back, but then you always are able to, it, it also increases your Social Security later on. So if you have to give it back, you always get it back later on. So, you know, uh, pay attention to that. Social Security is um, important, and uh, the wage base is going up. And uh, so you, each case is different as to whether you grab it right away or wait till age 70. You mentioned Carol, our go-to expert on Social Security, and she's on our show at uh, usually at least two, three times a, a year. And some of the questions we get for her, the classic question about Social Security is a guy maybe in their 40s or 50s, they doubt. It. I hear this from friends. Yep. It's not going to be around when I retire, Paul. And her response is, yeah, it, it will it be. It will be because you're putting money into it. Uh, so they and there's such political pressure that you say you put money in your whole life and you get to the end of this. So neither Democrats or Republicans are going to touch that one. Now coming in 2032, they've got gonna, other things going on right now. Uh, 2032, <laughs> they're going to be uh, there might be reductions if they do nothing. But chances are they'll do something. What you're 2030? 2030. It's between 20, now it's backed up a little bit, but generally about 2032, there's going to be have have to be a reduction in Social Security benefits for it to be solvent. Social Security is meant, Jeff, uh, you said it's not an entitlement, right? We, right. We, we, we shouldn't feel guilty about getting that money, but it's not enough to live on for most That's retirees. Right. Exactly. So you got to take uh, other steps to secure your retirement. And that's what we talk about on this show every week. After the break, we're going to take a break right now. Come back with Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And we're going to hear from Aaron Kowal with the today's boss minute, business owner savings and security. And then if you've got questions, we will get to those Coming up on WISN Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open 414-799-1130. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Deciding to sell your business is an important decision, but only the first of many you will need to make during the process of the sale. Along with choosing the right team to aid you in this sale process and identifying the right buyer, you will also need to consider the rollover equity. You may be asking yourself, what is rollover equity? It is the amount of money that a business seller is expected to invest or roll over into the future equity of the company. It's important to note that the most active buyers in today's market are private equity firms. These firms typically partner with business sellers and their management teams to run the business going forward. So you will likely be required to make commitments to your business after you sell. Private equity firms want to ensure alignment of incentives so that the seller has a vested stake in the future success of the business, hence the rollover equity investment. Did you know that rollover can be structured as a tax-free rollover? This means capital gains are deferred until future sale of the equity. It's a nice benefit to consider. Another key decision to be made is deciding how much rollover equity to invest. The more you roll over, the greater potential for a higher return. 
However, each situation is different, so it's important to work closely with a team of professionals to decide the best course of action for you and your business. If you need help with the sale of your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Uh, that is Aaron Kowal, today's Boss Minute from the Kowal Investment Group. Of course, for business owners, Jeff, and just briefly, why do we touch on that feature every week? Well, a lot of times... Uh, uh, someone's wealth is is uh, tied up in their business and they're going to retire. All of us get older and they're going to walk away from the business sometime in the future. For a lot of people, the business represents their life savings and they're going to have to eventually convert that into income and into lifetime savings for themselves and for their family and hopefully have more to transfer to their uh, kids and other people. Uh, so that's a big part of it. And, and we also address uh, diversifying in your planning, making sure that you have retirement plans along with the value of your business because you never know what's going to happen. Things change very rapidly. So we just try to caution our, our clients who are business owners to make sure that you uh, try to address all uh, all aspects of your retirement, your your, well, your taxes, your uh, succession planning, legal work, investments, your business, and retirement plans, all those things. I, the I like what you said. You never know what's going to happen. Life throws curveballs, right? You may think, and you may do a good job of mapping everything out for your future, and then life throws you a curveball. Maybe it's an illness, Jeff. It could be anything. It really could. So good stuff. I let's sneak in a quick call, Jeff, and then you've got a bunch of stuff to get to today. Sexy segment coming up. It's about wealth management and preservation. We got some texts on our social security comments earlier so we will get to those as well right now to the phones dave is calling from oak creek you're on the retirement clinic good morning dave hi dave good morning i've got a traditional and a roth ira and because of the weirdness of the economy they're both dumped down into just um cash or like a holding pattern question for you i'm thinking of taking the roth and investing either half of it or the whole thing, either like in an indexed fund or an ETF. What do you think about being skittish and just leaving it all in cash and just saying it's too weird to invest in <laughs> all of it or half of it or what? what well, do you think? first of all, you're not alone. <laughs> there are others that feel the no. same way. I just hesitate about what to do. You know, they signed the, the infrastructure plan yesterday. They're going after, I mean, they're doing a lot of crazy stuff. So do you just sit on it? I think that from... And I think that's a very valid question. Um, traditionally, I think you can afford to be a little bit more conservative. Maybe just uh, put a little bit of your of that money should be in stocks. You shouldn't be 100% fixed, I don't think, because you're never sure about what direction the markets are going to go. Um, uh, typically, um, uh, in a Roth IRA, you can put, I say you should invest as aggressively as possible. Uh, the only reason I say that is, uh, in theory, and for the most part, in reality, that's the last asset that anybody will ever use. If you if you bite the bullet and pay taxes on the upfront, why would you destroy the tax-free nature if it's going to sit tax-free forever? Having said that, that means that if you can that you can withstand the ups and downs of the markets in a Roth IRA because you're not going to be using it for years and years and years, if ever. Maybe your kids or your grandkids are going to ultimately get that. So I think you can be much more aggressive with that Roth IRA. In a traditional IRA, uh, again, I and and I guess I wouldn't panic even if you put the money into the Roth IRA because um, uh, on average, since World War II, 
We've had a 10% correction in the market every 18 months. That's on average. And so we're we're due for another 10% correction. That's why I say if that's you say, an that interesting guy stat. on the radio told me, that guy told me he's supposed to be a specialist in investments and retirement. He told me to put it in the market. So be prepared that it might go down. On average, it takes four months to recover. I think that if we do have a correction, it's going to take longer than four months to recover. But you're not going to be using your Roth IRA for a long time anyway, so I wouldn't hesitate. Well, bear in mind I'm 67. I'm partially retired. I'm not getting Social Security yet. I'm going to plan on working and subsidizing myself with the Roth a little bit here and there. and then I wouldn't. I would... I would keep the Roth IRA as is and let that grow tax-free. The only reason that you would, and you bring up a great point, Dave. The only reason that you would take income from your Roth now is that if you're trying to stay under income limits for Social Security or trying to avoid the next, for Medicare, for Medicare premiums, or if you're uh, trying to avoid the next tax bracket. Otherwise, Dave, I would let that sit and I would take your money from elsewhere rather than taking it from the Roth IRA. Even if you need well, to supplement from, your income, take it from the traditional, and I'd have to pay taxes every year on that. Then, yep, right? yep. Do uh, I have to make a W two then on that when I take that out, and they'll have a withholding. They'll give you a ten ninety nine, and a lot of the firms that like we withhold for federal and state taxes for our clients, so that they don't have to do quarterly estimates. So that makes it a lot easier. Then you get a regular paycheck for it. Most most time it's monthly for our clients, but sometimes it's once a year for the required minimum distribution. Uh, or whatever income you need to supplement. But I think especially this year, if you need some income, taxes are going to go up and not down. You may want to take in money from your uh, IRA this year and maybe even do a little bit of a Roth conversion this year and then leave that Roth money alone. <laughs> Dave, I think that I let it sit Thank for as long much. as possible. Yeah, Dave, okay. Dave, I know you've you got a lot to think about. It was a great question. Thank you, Dave, for calling in. Thanks. You, you bet. We appreciate it. Yeah, give our stuff. office a call if we can help, too. Well, let me do – Jeff, I was just going to mention that uh, because we've got a lot to get to and we can't spend an entire show. But if listeners like that – that was a good question, uh, specifically what to do with that Roth, 262-522-4040. To reach the Kowal Investment Group, 262 262- Five two two forty forty, and remember, we will keep lines open till the top of the hour. WISN and WIBA. Jeff, you got a lot to cover. Though. We do, but that's it's a lot of fun. It's an exciting time. There are crazy things going on. Like this, Democrats pushed. The, you know, they signed the infrastructure bill last night. The the House approved it. Um, a lot of uh, conservatives were saying that none of the Democrats should sign on to it. The progressive signed off. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, you know, AOC and that group didn't uh, vote for it because it said it wasn't aggressive enough. And some Republicans helped them. So I'm not sure that's a good thing. But at least that one's done, or just about done. And Demo- but now the other one part that's bothering some people is that Democrats pushed tax break for high income earners and last minute social spending package revision. This is where throwing any everything in plus the kitchen sink into that. Um, that the uh, the tax and spend bill uh, build back better. On a late Thursday night revision to President Biden's social spending package, Democrats included a provision that would raise the itemized deduction cap for state and local taxes, SALT, a move analysts argue would benefit only high-income earners. Under Trump administration, the SALT cap was topped at $10,000. That means you could deduct interest and in, in property taxes up to $10,000. 
But in coastal states like New Jersey and California, they argued the cap unfairly targeted their constituents whose cost of living are already higher. Um, The new proposal would boost the salt cap to $80,000, allowing high-income earners to more easily itemize property, sales, and income taxes already paid to state and local. So you, you pay it to the state, and then they want a federal tax deduction for state taxes paid. Um, they said the extended cap would only last till 2030. That never happens. And snap back to 10000 We have been fighting this unfair targeted tax since inception in 2017. Paul, this is the important thing. More than half of Americans making between 254000 and 366000 would see a tax break under the new deduction limit, while roughly 75% of Americans making more than $366,000 and up to $867,000 of income, they would see benefit. They would see their tax bills reduced. 75% of those- High income earners, obviously. High income earners get big tax breaks with this. And how does that settle? It, it remains unclear how progressive Democrats will react to this tax adjustment. I thought this first comment, this is, I think, a Fox News article- the first one is this the first article, Lance off the mountain, he made a comment on this. He says that's part of the trick with Democrat tax rich packages. They claim they're only increasing taxes on the rich. And on the surface it looks like they do, but then get into details and find that the loopholes let the very rich escape while it's in the upper middle classes and almost rich that get hit. So it's you know, the 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 most wealthy definitely um uh Benefit from the itemized deduction, the salt uh, be re- being reinstated. So, so the Democratic line that we hear is it's only affecting the wealthy, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I think if I'm reading you correctly here, that middle America is most affected by this. Well, right. I mean, paying at the pump, uh, to oh, inflation absolutely. At, yes. at the stores, yeah, and wait till Christmas rolls around and you can't get that gift for your grandchild. That's why you got to try and get it now. I would. <laughs> it's, you know where it is. It's on the boat with those ballots. Those Virginia ballots are on the boat. Did you, did you see the meme that said it's Black Friday and it showed about a thousand people swimming out to the container ships? <laughs> No, I mean, that's awesome. That's it. There's beautiful stuff going around on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, Spencer, you did send me that one. Yeah, Black Friday. And it, obviously, <laughs> they photoshopped, and it looks so real. All those people swimming out to the container ships. Do you think it's photoshopped? <laughs> I you, think it you, is. You probably thought it could have been real. <laughs> I am a little bit gullible from time to time. That one I knew. Oh, add to the fact now there's cruise ships out there uh, bunched up with these. That Because of the port, it's just a mess. And DeSantis said Florida's open. Come down here. And yep, some of them. So they did in Texas as well. And Texas, yeah, you're right. So they're they're moving those container ships, but still, uh, the supply chain remains a total mess in the country. Hey, Jeff, wh- I know we got the sexy segment. Yep, yep. Uh, some text came in on Social Security that if we have time, we'll try to get to uh, to answer. If you want to reach out again, the com, or you can call 262-522-4040 to reach out. 262-522-4040. Jeff, your company does everything retirement. That's right. And that's what, you know, some companies will do uh, wealth management or wealth planning, other things. They say, oh, you're retiring? Yes, we do that too. So it's one of the things that they do. With us, it's it's all that we do at the Kowal Investment Group. Monday through Friday, we work with people who are close to or already in retirement. 
uh, who are serious about $750,000 or more, serious about their retirement planning, come on and see us. It's what we do every day at the Kowal Investment Group. Always put your interests first, acting as fiduciaries. Let's break. Come back with a sexy segment. A lot of stuff coming up on the program. And then we'll try to get to those texts as well. Any teas? What's it about today? Lots to cover, Paul. What do you do? Go to a break. What's this? We have to break. It's time. All right. Uh, right. What is the uh, sexy segment about? Give us a little tease. Just uh, educating investors about wealth planning and managing inheritors. Educating inheritors. So when people inherit their wealth, how do you educate them about it? And also, again, one of the the urgencies, uh, year of death required minimum distributions. You have to take it, so we'll talk about that too. We'll be right back with Jeff Kowal. It is the Retirement Clinic every Saturday on WISN. Also on WIBA Madison. I'm Paul Kronforst. We'll be right back. Time to talk about wealth management and preservation, or as we call it on the Retirement Clinic, the sexy segment. Jeff, I'll let you set this up, and then we're going to get back to some questions and texts that we have waiting for us. Okay. Um, This show is for everybody. This segment is for those with a million dollars or more. If you have a million, two million, five million, twenty million, this segment is for you. We talk about once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it? take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs. That's what this segment is about. And there are two items that that really need attention. One is educating inheritors about wealth planning and managing financial assets. Uh, the heads of many of the wealthiest families are concerned about their heirs' ability to smartly deal with the money and business assets they will one day inherit. This is especially true among the first-generation wealthy. The fears are warranted. A full 70% of wealthy families lose their wealth by the second generation. And a stunning 90% lose their wealth by the third, according to the Williams Group Wealth Consultancy. For that reason, wealthy business owners often take steps to prepare heirs for the reins of the company. Uh, but what about inheritors who don't, who don't have managerial roles or are just going to inherit some money? I don't mean just, but that's you're not part of the company. Um, but based on a considerable amount of research into the wealthy and extremely wealthy, find that the great majority are not interested in learning even the fundamentals of money management and wealth planning. So wealthy heirs, the second, third, and fourth generation, as well as others who may inherit significant wealth, such as spouses, um, tend to want to, you have to be paying attention to those. So what are the things that you can do to help them? One is to find and work with talented investment professionals and high-end wealth planners. Again, that would clearly the Cowell Investment Group. Uh, But that's one of the things, referrals from other professionals, referrals from peers, Prominence in the private wealth industry. Again, where? how do you find these people? Well, again, Coal Investment Group, we work with that all the time. Number two is understand what can be accomplished. Although they may not care to learn how legal strategies and investment products work at an in-depth level, inheritors tell us they do want to have a big-picture understanding of what they can accomplish with their wealth. 
Some, of course, want to do a deeper dive. So again, the, the, these are things that the, the, while the wealthiest families, simply because they have more wealth, may be especially concerned about how children will shepherd the wealth they have created, getting educated on the basics of personal financial management and how to seek out quality expert guidance is a vital step for just about everyone. And I thought it was stunning to see that that not, that uh, that seventy percent of wealthy families lose their wealth by the second generation, and ninety percent by the third generation. That's, That's shocking. That is shocking, but and kind of sad that they lose the family sad, wealth. But you hear that with with lottery winners. I mean, how many lottery winners go broke? And we, I've over fifty percent. Yeah, I'm guessing. I even knew of one of a guy that did win over a million dollars at the jackpot. He at, at Potawatomi. You know, it was a, a early morning on Thanksgiving. He wanted, but it was gone in two years. Two so, years. So it's a million bucks. Now they pay taxes on it. Well over that, yeah. So his take home is whatever. Let's just say it's seven seven hundred and fifty. I could see burning through that in two years. <laughs> yeah, but that was among his other wealth too. He, he was not a poor guy. So let me address this one too, Paul. This is a year of death required minimum distribution. This is a very important when an IRA. IRA owner taking required minimum distribution dies before before removing his annual required minimum distribution. That year of death RMD or whatever portion remains must still be withdrawn. So just because you die, you don't get away from doing required minimum distribution. Upon passing, the year of death RMD immediately becomes the responsibility of the beneficiary. If it is not withdrawn before the end of the same year, it's a missed RMD and potentially subject to a 50, 50 percent penalty. And even if the IRA owner dies late in the year, December thirty first remains the deadline for the beneficiary to take out the year end year of death required minimum distribution. If there's more than one beneficiary, the year of death RMD may be split among the manner of the beneficiaries. No requirement to distribute it equally. But again, you do have to take out the required min. These are things that, that people required minimum distribution. These are things that people who are inheriting inheriting money wouldn't know about. Do you think when you inherit money, it's human nature not to appreciate it as much, Jeff? You didn't work for it. You know, it's every family's a little bit different because they, for a lot of the clients that I work with, they've seen their parents bust their butts to, to accumulate. Yeah, it's your wealth. mom and dad. Yeah, you know, so, so you got to respect that. And a lot of the ones we work with are first generation, uh, some second generation, but mostly first generation that they've worked a lifetime building up their wealth. And their kids saw them do it. I mean, I saw my dad get up at three o'clock at three thirty in the morning to yeah. go to work. So you Christmas appreciate time, that. Yeah, he was a mailman. Christmas time was nuts. He was working seven days a week, uh, delivering the mail. Christmas time twice a day deliveries. I mean, that's the work ethic. I saw my dad work for some money. So he was so, not like Newman on Seinfeld. And no. <laughs> no. He, stores, and he, he puts a, the mail in the storage room. clarify this. We didn't get, my dad was not wealthy. He did, we didn't get a lot of money from him, but we understand the work ethic. And I think my kids understand that we worked hard for our money. And I think a lot of our clients see that their parents worked very hard for that money. Nothing yeah. was given to, the, given to them. There is something, or there's a lot to be said about that, Jeff. When you earn every dime, you appreciate it. 
right? You worked hard yep. for it. You really appreciate it versus just growing up uh, privileged and being handed the money by your mom and dad, not working for it. Uh, do you mind sneaking in a quick text before the end of the sexy segment? No, just one last item. It goes the same for for legal sentiments. We, we talk, Aaron just mentioned to me that, uh, Aaron Kowal just mentioned to me that it not only works for lottery winners, but if you get a legal settlement, you, a lot of times oh. that money is gone in no time also. Uh, legal settlements can be a lot of money, depending yes. on what it yes. is. Yes. I knew well, somebody again, in a car problems. accident uh, that was given two, three hundred dollars, that thousand dollars, and and it was gone. You're right; yep. they tend to spend it. Yep. Um, so I have another thing to touch on, but let's go to the the text. Well, well, the text I picked up because to clarify, we talked about Social Security, and we mentioned that word entitled. So I picked the best question out here, and it's Mary, and it's a good question, Jeff. I thought Social Security, all capitals, was an entitlement in the sense that we're quote unquote entitled to the money after paying into the fund. If I don't work from 62 to 63, will my payment still be higher at 63, even though I wasn't paying in for that year? Thanks for clarifying, Jeff. Sign Mary. I think that's a, that's a really great question. If you listen to Carol Ritson, your social security is based on the top 35 years of earnings. So it won't be less. So even if you have zero, zero, zero for the last several years before you take social security, it's still based on your top 35 highest uh, way, uh, highest earning years. Um, you probably will have cost living increases in there. So it'll be still be modest increases, but you're not going to lose money if you're not working. So I think it's a really good question. And now back to the sexy segment. Well, a lot of times they think about entitlements as like food stamps or child credits or, you know, welfare types of things. And uh, this is one entitlement that, yes, we are entitled to it, literally, but we did put money in on that. We paid in. You're right. Um, The other thing is that uh, RMD deadlines, um, uh, an IRA owner turning 72 this year will have a required minimum distribution due for the 2021, but depending on when they celebrate the 72nd birthday, the deadline for taking the 21 2021 RMD may be different. It's pretty complicated. I know we're a little bit pressed on time, but why if you if you reach your 70 if you reached your 72nd birthday before July 1st of 2021, then your RMD deadline is December 31st of 2021. You have to take it out. If your 72nd birthday was after age after July 1st of 2021, then you have until April 1st before you have to take it out. So just be aware of those dates. The good news is that all this IRMD RMD confusion will be gone after this year as all IRA owners will reach age 72 will fall under the SECURE Act and will be done with the half year, 70 and a half and things like that. So. I can't wait till that. <laughs> it's just so confusing. Just, yeah, it was stupid. 70 and, and a half. Knows, just... know, one of the good things that the Biden administration is talking about is ultimately raising required minimum distribution to 75, age to 75. They get ratcheted up gradually. That's not done yet. It's not, uh, but that's one of what the things that What are your thoughts that on that? About. I think it's good if you can accumulate your money tax deferred for a while, they delay it to age 75, especially with people living longer. Uh, that just delays the time that you have to take money out. So I think that that's a good thing. Good stuff, Jeff. Uh, Today's sexy segment on wealth management and preservation. We do it every week on the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist located in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix. 
Uh, and, of course, that newest location in Racine, right off the freeway and Highway 20. Jeff, we should mention, too, you're licensed in many, many states. Uh, so you work with a lot of folks even after they move. 27 states. We are a national firm. Uh, a lot, it started out that we were uh, a lot of our clients would retire here uh, and go somewhere else. And thank God they, they think enough of us that they uh, we're blessed that they think enough of us that they stay with us. But we also uh, generate new business in other states as well. The Kowalway.com for more info or call 262-522-4040. Back after this, there's more coming up. Back on News Talk 1130, WISN and WIBA Madison, where you are listening and we're wrapping up this week's Retirement Clinic. You know, we started the show by offering up some webinars and in-person seminars. You've got those back, Jeff. Yes, absolutely. And you just mentioned WIBA in Mass, and our webinars are a great chance to introduce ourselves to you or uh, get us on your radar screen. Uh, our, our upcoming retirement planning seminars and webinar, the next webinar is Wednesday, November 10th. Next seminar is Wednesday, November 17th. These are our last retirement planning education events of 2021. So don't wait. This is a great way to get your retirement questions answered and take the next steps with your retirement future goals. Uh, Aaron Spitzner is doing the presentations. He does a great job. Great presenter. Um, uh, knows his stuff too, so you'll like that. Spitz uh, is a good guy. He's a good you, guy. You, you hear him on the market updates yep, he almost knows daily. His stuff Monday through Friday. But, uh, 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 the market reports three and five o'clock news blocks on WISN, uh, three four fifty five on WIBA in Madison. But register today at thecoalway.com. You can also go there if you want to request uh, initial consultation. If you're a do-it-yourselfer that's tired of doing it yourself, if you uh, want to consolidate, and especially before the end of the year, uh, you want to consolidate, there's a sense of urgency, especially if you're going to have to take out required minimum distributions. If you have assets scattered all over. Come on and see us. It's time to get that consolidated. You know, if assets going to go November 6th today, it's Thanksgiving soon, and then boom, we're at Christmas. That's right. End of year. Yeah, so there is a sense of urgency. Do it now. Uh, go on kowalway.com. Register for either the uh, retirement planning webinar, seminar, or uh, uh, register to, or at request for uh, in-face meeting if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets. Or go to our Facebook page or call our office at 262-522-4040. And the kowalway.com. Thanks for joining us today.